This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by the Full Focus Planner, a paper planner to help you plan your year, design your days, and achieve your biggest goals. Find out more at fullfocusplanner.com. Hey, Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Cool. We're doing, doing good. Doing really good. good. Hey, a uh, quick question for you. Sure. Why do you do the work you do? Um, that's a good question. Today's topic is how to help your team find their why. So as an experiment, Larry Wilson, one of our writers, cold called members of the Michael Hyatt and company team and asked them a simple question. Why do you do the work you do? <laughs> so we have not heard these calls yet, and we're dying to hear what our team members said about this. I know. I'm a little scared <laughs> slash excited. excited. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you do the work you do? Uh, <laughs> that's a deep question. Why do I do the work I do? Hey, a quick question for you. Sure. Um, why do you do the work you do? <laughs> that is an interesting question. Jeez. Wow. I feel like I'm being put on the spot. Okay, let me think. Like deep down, I always have this desire to help people reach their full potential. I like being people's cheerleader because life circumstances cause people to doubt themselves. So it makes me want to protect people from themselves. Why do I do it? Um, I think one of the big things is that I get a lot of joy and fulfillment from knowing that I am helping people to become the best individual they can be and also to increase their um, organizational efficiency. And a lot of that starts with just being really great to people and helping people to discover their strengths along the way. I was self-employed for nine years before this and I always said if I got out of that it would have to be a situation where like I really it was something I was really passionate about in terms of uh, the goals of the company, mission of the company. and. I think, you know, with, with Michael Hyatt, is, he was somebody I admired so much for so long. And just to see his passion and to see the goals of this company and the mission of this company was just something I could really get behind. In terms of the company, man, there's a billion reasons I can give you. I really, really care about what we do. I believe that, that what we talk about is true, that, you know, life is only worth living if you get to have the priorities of your family and your health and your margin and, you know you're not a slave to your work it doesn't have to be either or so i really like the fact that we really give people that choice and a path back to that and i don't think there's many more places in the world that i could work where i look at our senior leadership and think to myself that's what i want to be like when i grow up so to speak you know when i get to be 10 or 15 years more advanced in my career and honing my craft I want my professionalism and leadership to look like that. My heart and passion is to see people fulfill their calling and their purpose in life. And I feel like Michael Hyde and company does a really good job of helping people realize what their purpose is and then give them the tools to equip them to actually fulfill their calling. Well, I have to say I'm relieved. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you never know what you're going to get. I mean, this was really cold calling. Yeah. Well, I'm just super encouraged. I mean, I think 
first of all, it sounds like we're being successful in connecting people with a bigger why, which yes. is great. Um, but also it just reminds me how grateful I am for the people that we have the privilege of working with. They're truly amazing people who are self-propelled, um, you know, filled with a sense of commitment to our mission and their own personal mission. And they see a connection between those two things. And as a leader, I don't know what else I could ask for. Yeah, this is the kind of thing as an employer, frankly, you can't buy. Right. You know, you can get people to, you know, sit in the seat and go through the work. Mm -hmm. But what you can't buy is their heart. Right. Right. And so that's something that they have to bring to the equation themselves. Mm -hmm. But did any of those reasons that our teammates were giving, did those resonate with you? Yeah, I loved that the kind of common theme was that our people are passionate about helping, um, whether it's, you know, their realm of influence as our employees or our customers and clients reach their full potential. You know, that that gets me so excited because that's what I care about. That's what we're about as a company. Um, and the fact that that has caught on and connected with our team is just great. Does that define your why? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it does for me too, because the thing that I'm the most passionate about is seeing transformation in other people. Yes. You know, and certainly I want to see transformation in my own life. And I think that's a prerequisite for me helping other people mm -hmm. experience transformation. But the thing that gets me so excited, and we were doing a strategic planning meeting yesterday, and we were talking about the kinds of activities that we're going to be involved in in 2019. And I made the right. very point that I want to do more stuff where I can witness firsthand transformation in our clients mm -hmm. and in our teammates. Absolutely. And I love to think about that, not just for our clients and customers, but for the team themselves. It's almost like as we're pursuing that transformation for our clients, we're transformed ourselves, which is just like a double benefit. Okay. So we've got much more today on this topic, but we should start the show first. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We almost forgot. <laughs> I have one more question for you. Okay. <laughs> Would you be okay if we use that on the podcast? Okay. That would be awesome. <laughs> right. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work, succeed at life, and lead with confidence. And in this episode, we'll show you how to motivate your team by helping them identify the meaning in what they do. As leaders, we know that real growth happens only when people go beyond simply putting in the time and bringing their best energy to work. The problem is that team members sometimes see their job as nothing but a paycheck. Here at Michael Hyatt & Company, we've developed a high-purpose, high-energy team, and today we'll show you how to get the best effort from your team by asking four questions that clarify the purpose of their work. When we're done, you'll have everything you need to help your team find their why. And as a result, you'll avoid the stagnation that comes from having a half-hearted workforce. And you'll gain a highly engaged team that gives their best energy to your company's mission. Hey, can't wait to dive into this topic, but first, a reminder. If you've not subscribed to Lead to Win, do that right now wherever you listen to podcasts. You get fresh, actionable ideas delivered to you every week. And you won't want to miss out on special bonus episodes that we don't release through other channels. If you need help, just visit leadto.win slash subscribe. Thanks. So, Dad, why does purpose matter so much? Well, it matters a whole lot as we teach in your best year ever for our individual lives, but it also works in the context of our companies. Purpose-driven companies are more successful. So management expert Brian Carney says there are two types of organizations, what organizations, which are focused on what they do, 
and why organizations that are focused on why they do it. And one of the great uh, positive things in hearing those comments from our teammates mm-hmm. was that it's clear that that I think we're building a why organization. Yep. So you remember the bestseller, The Purpose Driven Life? Yeah. Okay. Who could forget? Yeah, that wasn't before your time, right? I mean, it's only no. a gazillion copies. <laughs> But there are also purpose-driven companies, yeah. and that's really what we're talking about here. The most important companies, the companies that have uh, longevity, that have greater impact in the world, are companies that are purpose-driven. By the way, Carney shares a lot about this in a recent article in Harvard Business Review. There's a link in the show notes. He also contributed to the Michael Hyatt magazine with an article called In Defense of Remote Work. So first, purpose-driven companies are more successful, but second... Purpose-driven companies deliver greater job satisfaction. I mean, this flows from the first premise. Right. They're high-trust organizations, so their teams have a lot of latitude. In other words, uh, you can allow remote work, Mm -hmm. people setting their own deadlines, not a lot of supervision is required. But team members train more on why they do what they do than how they do it are going to have greater job satisfaction. So when hiring, they connect people to roles that give them significance. And when we think about this at Michael Hyatt and Company, we really focus on results for people. We figure if they understand the why behind what we're doing and they understand their role in the why um, and the results we expect of them, we don't really have to micromanage how they get there. In fact, the ways that they might find uh, on their own to get there could be way better than anything that we think of. And that's really satisfying for people. It is. And, and by the way, that's usually the case. They usually yeah, find usually a much better way to get there, a much better strategy if they know their why. So I think the context of this, again, if we go back to your best year ever and what we teach there, when you have big goals, if you're going to accomplish them, you've got to be able to connect to your mm-hmm. why. And so when you help your teammates connect to your why, you're going to get past just having people that are watching the clock, you know, marking time, doing the perfunctory things, they're going to find their own reasons for doing what they do. It's really like the why is the engine that drives the car. It actually animates the activity and the motion and drives it forward. And without that, you just don't have a lot of power. Yeah. And I have to say, as a manager, one of the things I don't want to do is try to motivate people. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. You know, what I would like to do is help people find their own reasons and attract people like in the comments from our teammates that are attracted to the company's mission and have their own internal drive yeah. that happen just happens to be aligned with what drives us. Yes. So a company with a high sense of purpose has greater team engagement and tends to be successful. We've identified four clarifying questions that can help your team connect to a sense of purpose. Of course, all of this assumes that you do have a strong sense of purpose in your business. That's a discussion for another time. So for today, though, Dad, what's the first question to help your team find their why? So clarifying question number one is how do you deliver value to the customer? Mm-hmm. Now, this is important because certainly we go into business to make money. I mean, that's a given, right? Right. You know, unless you're making money and you're doing it in a sustainable way, nothing else becomes possible. But here's the problem with that. According to one study that we found, there's less than a 2% overlap between pay and job satisfaction. Mm. In other words, if somebody's not finding their own internal, internal reasons for being satisfied with their job, there's not enough that you can pay them to buy that satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And and basically, every study confirms these intrinsic motivations are stronger and more lasting and more impactful. But people want to see that their effort is making the world better. 
Right. Right. Well, that's I mean, what we saw with our team in those comments. Totally. And when you have a conversation with with colleagues or people in other industries, you know, the most rewarding ones are people who are talking about how their business is making a difference mm-hmm. in the world. I mean, I could care less about their stock price, right. or what their profit <laughs> margins are. That's just kind of a given. But I want to know how are they making better products or how are they making more affordable or offering better experiences or showing a better way of doing things? Mm-hmm. When he introduced the Model T in 1908, Henry Ford said that he wanted to, quote, build a car for the great multitude. It will be large enough for the family, but small enough for the individual to run and care for. It will be constructed of the best materials by the best men to be hired after the simplest design that modern engineering can devise. But it will be so low in price that no man making a good salary will be unable to own one. Wow. That's an amazing vision statement. It is. I mean, what a snapshot of purpose. Superior product, value to customer, affordable. I mean, people can get aligned around that. So true. So the problem is that we're disconnected from our work product. If if there's one insight I think we can agree on from Karl Marx, and this is probably the only thing we can agree on, (laughs) is that uh, the industrial workers of their day became alienated from their work. Yeah. And that was really the thing that, that kind of started him on his quest to find a different system probably came up with the wrong system, but at least it started at the right place. So we may believe that our company's doing good work, but if you're crunching numbers all day, how do you help the customer? Mm -hmm. You've got to connect the dots and show how it adds value to the world. So you've got to be able to show every team member that their work contributes to a greater good. And I think, frankly, that's our job as leaders. Mm -hmm. We've got to connect the the dots. And that happens during the hiring process, in one-on-one meetings, during annual reviews, during culture training. There's a lot of opportunities for this. If you see this as part of your mission as a leader to connect your team with their why, there's a lot of opportunities to kind of weave this in, but you have to be intentional about it and you can't assume that people will connect the dots on their own. I think you also have to collect the transformations. Mm -hmm. So, I, I remember back when I was in the publishing business, everything that we sold was mediated through a retailer. So in other words, we sold books to retailers. Mm-hmm. We very rarely heard from the, the, the retailers unless there was a service issue, mm-hmm. but we didn't hear from consumers directly. One of the great things about our business as a consumer, and frankly, one of the things that Amazon has even done for the publishing industry, is that there are stories of consumer transformation out there. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us as leaders, if we're not careful, to hear those stories of transformation, maybe share them with our executive team or leadership team, and not share them with the broader team. Yeah. But that's like fuel for the organization. It is. When people hear that, all of a sudden, in a very um, implicit way that's not overt, it connects the work that they're doing to the larger mission. Yeah. So I think we need to do more of that. And, you know, maybe maybe it would be awesome in every company to have kind of an archivist uh, or maybe somebody on the customer experience teams that's collecting those Mm -hmm. and posting those. You know, we've posted those in Slack from time to time. And they're really helpful. Just a reminder to all of us of what the real work is that we're doing. Because in the middle of, you know, a campaign or a promotional effort or whatever, you know, all of a sudden it becomes very transactional. Everybody's focused on delivering the result. Mm -hmm. And you can get disconnected from the ultimate value that you're providing if you're not thoughtful and careful about it. 
It's so critical. So when you were talking, I was thinking about how you could um, work these questions into your business and engage with your team around them. And I was thinking, you know, for us, we've done this in a lot of ways, like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago. But one idea that I had that I would love to do in our own company is to have, you know, we do a quarterly team training for our team. That's right. part of how we build culture and intentionally grow our team. One of our core values is continuous growth. And so that's one of the ways we act that out. Um, but I was thinking this would be a great exercise to to do is kind of a, a team building exercise. My guess is it would probably take you about an hour to do it, you know, but you get these four questions, you get your team around a table and you just ask everybody to answer the questions and then go around and share. And I mean, I can, you know, kind of forecast in my mind what that would be like and how excited people would be at the end of that conversation, not only to hear um, and connect with their own answers, which would be all by itself incredibly inspiring, but to hear what their how their teammates answered those questions. I mean, I think you would just leave jacked up. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> jacked up on purpose, you know? It's like mutually reinforcing. Let's do that at our next team meeting. Yeah, I know. I love that. Before so that could be an, uh, a great idea if you're listening for how to, to make this work in your own company. The first question that helps your team find their why is how do I deliver value to the customer? So what's next? So clarifying question number two is how do you deliver value to the company? This is really about engagement with a company's success and results. Most workers are specialists, so they can't always see the bigger picture. Kind of like what you were saying earlier, you know, when you're down in the trenches, it can feel really disconnected from the yep. bigger uh, picture that you're trying to, to drive results for. So how does an administrative assistant affect the bottom line? How does the scheduler help the team make their bonus? Team members who can't connect the dots are very inclined to disengage. They believe in the mission of the company, but they often don't feel that their daily actions advance that mission. And so one of the things that we've done um, a lot at Michael Hyde and Company, in fact, we do it every quarter as a part of that quarterly meeting team training that I was talking about, is that we review our annual goals together. We actually do that on a weekly basis. But when we come together on a quarterly basis, we set quarterly team goals. So each team is responsible to set two to three goals for the quarter that support the large larger company goals that we're working toward. And the intention with that is not only to clarify priorities, but to really connect the dots for people. So if we have a financial goal for the year, for example, how does the finance department contribute to that? How does the content team contribute to that? How does the marketing team contribute to that? Because if you're not careful, um, when you have financial goals, I think that's probably the best example. The only person that or the only people that have a straight line of sight to that goal are the marketing and sales teams. Yeah, I would say in addition to the financial goals, so I think administrative work also need, needs to be connected to the larger picture. Oh, absolutely. You know, because one of the things I try to be explicit about in my work with Jim, my assistant, is to give him the why behind the what. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us don't do this with executive mm -hmm. assistants like we should, but if they can understand the why behind the what, they're more motivated to get the work done, number one. But number two is that they can find solutions that we haven't even thought of. Right. So when I explain to Jim, for example that I need rehearsal for a conference that we're going to do. And I explain to him why that's so important and give him some kind of, you know, idea about how long that's going to take. Then he connects it to the larger picture. Right. You know, all of a sudden he's ensuring the quality of the work product that we're delivering to our clients. Yes. And he has a key role in that. You know, it's important. Absolutely. Um, we, we kind of think of it like some of our team members have direct influence on the goals that we're 
you know, working toward. Right. And more team members have an indirect yes. influence on those goals. And both are critically important just because your connection to the goal is indirect uh, and the way that you're driving it forward doesn't mean it's not important. And it's the job of the leader to connect the dots even more so for the people who have an indirect influence on your goals. Well, I was thinking of a, one example, you know, when we did our Achieve Conference this last fall, which was a smashing success, mm-hmm. it'd be really easy to get focused on, you know, ticket sales as sort of a measure of success. Right. But then you take the work of Susie and the operations team doing all the logistics and the branding of the event and all the thousand and one details that went into to that event. Right. That created an ambiance almost as people came into the event mm-hmm. that set them up for success because they realized we thought about them, we cared for them, we put in a lot of preparation to this event. And all that contributed to the overall customer value. Yes. And in turn contributed, as we're talking about here, the company value. Mm -hmm. You know, that created value for the company by them doing that. So we got to connect them to both. Absolutely. And the truth is, when team members believe that their efforts are vital to the team's success, they give extra effort. You get their best thinking, their greatest creativity, and that's where the breakthroughs come from. So question number one is, how do you add value to the customer? Question number two is, how do you add value to the company? So we're ready for question number three, Dad. Clarifying question number three is, how do you deliver value to internal stakeholders? Mm, This is really important. It's important because you've got to create engagement with the team, between teams. Nothing kills morale more than a turf war or company politics. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, this is like the natural order of things. It just happens if you're not careful with it. One of the key ways to shift everything in your organization is when the internal teams begin to see the other teams as their customers. Mm. And when they have the opposite assumption that the other teams are there to serve them, Uh that's when you get into the turf wars and politics. Yeah, and entitlement, which we we hate. Like in the publishing industry, where I spent most of my career, for example, it'd be really easy for the editorial people to see the salespeople as they're to serve them. You know, you mm-hmm. need to sell our books. Right. But when the editorial team begins to see the sales team as their first and best customers, that they've got to sell it to them, now all of a sudden they create products in a different kind of way, believing that unless they can help their customers, the sales staff, sell greater quantities of those books, they haven't done their job. But it doesn't work quite in reverse in the same way, or it should re- work exactly the same way in reverse, where the sales team sees the editorial team as their customer. Mm -hmm. You know, they're delivering a product to the editorial team, which is more customers for the books that they're creating. Mm -hmm. So this is really kind of the golden rule of business, right? So treat other people like you'd like to be treated. Make everybody else the customer in your organization. And we've got external customers and we also have internal customers. And we have to ask ourselves the question, how am I adding value to my internal customers? If I'm not doing that, then it's going to result in siloed, political environments. I think this really comes down to how you see the purpose of the business. If you understand, for example, that the purpose of your business, in our case, is to help people win at work and succeed at life, and that everything we do is an effort to that end, you know, that's a transformation we're all working together to try to deliver, then we all are more, more importantly than we're on individual teams like the marketing team or the content team or the finance team or the customer experience team, we are all on one team working 
together as individual pieces of the puzzle to deliver the result. And so this comes down to a holistic view of the business that's more about the purpose that we're trying to deliver to our customers together than it is about any one team and kind of being siloed with those interests. Have you ever heard of something called the overview perspective? No. Well, there's a really interesting film that was done about a 30-minute film that you can find if you just search Google. But it basically is what happens to astronauts when they go into space and they can see the entire Earth. Mm. So all of a sudden, all the disagreements, all the uh, wars, all the things that separate us Mm -hmm. suddenly uh, disappear. Right, like when you don't have um, endless oxygen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But but you see the the you see the whole mm-hmm. and not just the parts, and yeah. you realize that we're all living on this fragile planet. Right, and we and need we're each all other this together. Yes. The opposite of that is when you find teams being siloed, workers begin to do the minimum. They simply don't believe their efforts will be recognized. They may feel like they're not needed. All that stuff comes from a disconnection of purpose. Okay, so, so far we've got, how do you add value to the customer? That was the first clarifying question. How do you add value to the company? That was the second one. And how do you add value to internal stakeholders? Meg, what's the last question? Well, clarifying question number four is, how do you deliver value to you and your family? This is about connecting the team member with their reward. And there are really three types of reward other than purpose itself. First is the opportunity to work in your desire zone. And we define that as the place where your greatest passion meets your greatest area of proficiency. We've heard this from our team members earlier. They work hard And we work hard to align new hires with their desire zone because we really want to hire people for jobs that they're going to love and have uh, and be uniquely talented to to work in that role. You know, we don't want to hire people that are just thinking of this as a stepping stone or it's just a paycheck. We want people to be excellent at their work and passionate about it. Well, the opposite of the desire zone in our scheme is the drudgery zone. Yes. Where you're not passionate, you're not proficient, and it's drudgery. Right? right. It's it it feels like a prison. And this is why when you hire people into the wrong jobs and they hate their jobs, first of all, that's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. They're only gonna make trouble for the organization, for their fellow teammates if they're not enjoying their work. Right. So it's critically important, it's mission critical that we get people in their place of their desire zone. It's best for the company and it's best for them. They're gonna have mm-hmm. the most job satisfaction and you're gonna create the best culture. That's right. So the second type of reward is the financial one. Money is maybe one of the weaker motivators, but it is Definitely it one. is one of the motivators. Raises and bonuses are important. A study found that bonuses are strong motivators because the reward is uncertain. What so, does that mean? Um, I think it means that you have to work toward it. You know that it, it's a goal that's kind of out there in the future, and there's a gap between where you are and what it will take to get that. And it's fun to work towards something that you're not sure you're going to get, just like any goal. I agree. So third is benefits that support well-being. So some examples would be generous PTO, great health care, pensions, insurance, flexible work policies. These things all take away the worry and they provide for rejuvenation, which is super rewarding. It's, it's a little bit like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. You know, when those basic survival needs are taken care of, when people don't have to worry about, well, what happens if I get sick? Or what happens when I'm tired and need some time off? Yeah. When those basic needs are met, then they're freer to, you know, pursue those higher level needs, self-actualization and Mm -hmm. emotional needs and all the rest. 
Yeah, so it's kind of like a a seed of even greater reward, I think, is what you're saying. So back to Henry Ford. He was one of the first to see the importance of this. He established a $5 a day minimum wage, double the going rate at the time. It's important to say that because that doesn't sound like much, right? It doesn't sound like very much, but it was a long time ago. He instituted a 40-hour work week, which was the first, he was the first major employer to do so. He started a profit-sharing program, and he knew workers had to thrive for the company to thrive. That's really key. It was incredible. Incredibly progressive for the time, yeah. Because he it, and it wasn't because he was, you know, just a um, wanting to be altruistic. It was because he wanted to have a productive culture. Yeah. He wanted to make money. He wanted to change the world, and he realized this was the best way to do this: mm-hmm. take care of the team, and they'll take care of you, and take yes. care of the mission. And that's our philosophy too, and it's it's worked very well. By the way, in the magazine this week, we've got an article by journalist David Mark called A Rising Tide Lifts All Boats. It's about how the company's success helps everyone. And there's a link in the show notes. So today we've learned that having a strong sense of purpose drives engagement for the team and results for the company. Before we sign off, I want to remind you that it's up to you as the leader to drive engagement. These clarifying questions are a great starting point for success. Dad, do you have any final thoughts for today? I do. This whole issue of finding your why is critical. It's important Mm -hmm. for you as an individual. And if you're leading a company, it's important for you to make it clear to your teammates why you do what you do. Now, it may seem like this ought to be obvious, but it's not obvious. And sometimes one of the greatest uh, roles that we play as leaders of our company is to make what's explicit to us explicit to others by explaining the why. If you've enjoyed today's episode, you can get the show notes, including a full transcript online at lead2.win. Thanks again for joining us on Lead to Win. Also, please tell your friends and colleagues about it. And please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time when we'll offer insight on a key business problem, how to create new products that meet a need in the marketplace. Until then, lead to win. Thank you.